Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft goes to the Detroit Pistons. Who's got the number one pick in this year's Detroit. draft? Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Basketball! Select Isaiah Stewart. The Detroit Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, that was absolutely sensational. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. From long range. Oh! Yes! Yes! Detroit Basketball! Pistons fans, welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast part of the Believe Network. I'm your host, Mike Anguilano, and joining me, as always, are my two co-hosts, who assuredly uh, are calm, collected, um, totally not impacted by the last four hours or so of trade deadline talk, Jasper Apollonia and Aaron Johnson. Fellas, how are we doing on trade deadline Thursday? You know, there's so much to get into. I don't want to waste any time. I'm here. I'm ready. I'm glad all three of us are here to discuss a very, very Aaron is present day. Um, so yeah, let's let's just, let's just do it. Yeah, I mean, I'm look. I'll say this. I'm going to open off by saying I'm really disappointed. I mean, the Pistons just traded away one of their most consistent volume three point shooters, a, a guy hitting seventy two percent of his shots around the rim. He had an effective field goal percentage of sixty one percent on catch and shoot jumpers. That's right. I'm devastated. They traded Kevin Knox. It really hurts. <laughs> I knew there was something. Something had to be coming. Um, and I had a feeling it was something like that. So yeah. we we're going to get into all of the massive news surrounding the forward that everybody knew was going to be traded before the deadline. Um, oh, wait, no, that's William Bogdanovich. Uh, we're going to get into the other wing that we all thought was maybe not going to be traded, but maybe was, but did anyway somehow for a really interesting, weird package. But before we get into all that and more, I'd like to thank our sponsor this week's episode, Bet Online and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online with live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to join. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit as long as you use the promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v again that's b-l-e-a-v join receive your 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit at betonline.ag betonline where the game starts all right no time to waste let's get right into it it is the day the most eventful day of probably the entire NBA season, which is a little sad and a little cool, but it's also what Twitter was definitely built for just constantly refreshing. I think my phone was at 10% by, by uh, the time the deadline actually ended. Um, trade deadline Thursday. Pistons have had a lot of names in talks. We've talked about a lot of them. Alec Burks, Nerlens Noel, Boyan Bogdanovich, Sadiq Bey. They had a lot of, a lot of balls in the air. So, Pistons didn't end up trading 
Bogdanovich, but they did end up trading Sadiq Bey. And got to tell you, the initial reaction to that was startling. Um, going to Golden State for James Wiseman, it ended up being Sadiq Bey to Atlanta for five second round picks going to Golden State. But the return for Detroit is the same. That would be 21-year-old center James Wiseman, who was the number two overall pick in the 2020 NBA draft. And he has not particularly panned out, um, is is a light way of putting it. I know we have a lot of thoughts about this, trading Sadiq Bey for essentially a player that may or may not be an NBA-level player. Uh, Right now, he's not. Um, He hasn't shown that he is. Trading Sadiq Bey for the potential of James Wiseman when you already have Jalen Duran is a difficult, questionable move by this front office. But we're going to get into the front office thing. I want to do that in a separate topic. I just want to talk about this trade in a vacuum and what it means for this season and the the immediate future because I don't know how long of a leash James Wiseman's going to have. This is going to be his second team. And to be quite honest... It might be his last team, depending on how he's playing. So let's stick right now to avoiding the Troy Weaver um, discourse, so to speak. Let's talk about just this trade. Um, Jasper, I want to start with you. I'll I'll let Aaron continue to put his thoughts together. I can actually see the steam pouring out of his ears from Cleveland. Um, So I'm going to let him simmer. Um, I'm going to start with you. Initial reactions to... Golden State um, trading James Wiseman to the Pistons, essentially in a three-team deal uh, with Sadiq Bey going to the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, I mean, first off, good move of letting letting Aaron wait until after because when you got a stew cooking baby, it takes patience and time. Um, I, I don't like this return, and it's specifically because of James Wiseman. It's not because I think that Sadiq Bey should have garnered some huge return uh I, I even said it last night when the knicks traded for josh hart i thought that that right there you know that the package for cam reddish and a second round pick i thought that that right there told you exactly what you were going to be getting for sadiq bay um because josh hart is a player of comparable quality to to sadiq bay's a bad defender He's shooting 34.6% from three over his last 900 attempts. Um, you know, you, you knew like a Luke Kennard type turn might be possible, but but honestly, I don't even think this is comparable to the Luke Kennard um, return. I, I mean, really, Wiseman's just a bad player, straight up. And this is why I don't like the, the, the trade. He has not been good at any point in his playing career in the NPA. Um it's really funny that Troy Weaver says he values rebounding, but then he makes trades for players like Marvin Bagley and James Wiseman, who are positionally awful rebounders. Wiseman's numbers look respectable on the surface level, but he actually only snags 49% of his rebounds that are near him. That's 68th out of 80 qualified players. He can't protect the rim. Uh, he averages one block per 36 to 5.4 fouls. He has the second worst defensive field goal percentage of any player in the NBA with over 20 games to play this season. Oh, you know who's number three, by the way? Take a quick guess. Please. This is not rhetorical. Who do you think's third? It's a real question. As in third worst? 
Yeah, who's third worst? In rim protection. No, no, no oh, defensive field goal percentage of any player in the NBA who's played 20 games this season. Who's the third oh. worst? Um, I'm guessing he's on Detroit. Yeah, he is. It's Marvin Bagley. Ooh. Marvin Bagley. <laughs> the guy that I forgot so, about. Yeah, so the other big guy that you now have on your team as well, who also is a power forward, which, by the way, according to Mark Spears, is apparently where they're thinking about starting James Wiseman next to Jalen Duran. So it so whether he's with your starter in Jalen Duran or if he's with your backup in Marvin Bagley, um, you're talking about a horrible, horrible defenders. That if Warriors have an offensive rating of uh 113.6 on the year, with James Wiseman on the court, it's 123.2. His overall on-off splits this year are negative 21.6 points per possession for Warriors. And this is not a dominant Warriors team. This is a Warriors team that is fighting for a playoff spot. He's injury prone. He's already had a meniscus surgery. He's already had a shoulder surgery. And when you're talking about a guy who you're bringing in because he is supposedly a great athlete and a good rebounder, he's not a good rebounder. He can't protect the rim. His athleticism is not what it was when he first came into the league. He can finish at the rim. That's about it. But you already have guys in Marvin Bagley and in Jalen Duran who do that already. So my question is, what are you getting out of this? What are you getting out of this? Other than we traded for a number two former overall pick that I used right. to like. I, I, I think that's I don't the see big it. question. I what don't are they see getting it. out of this? I don't see it at all for Detroit. It doesn't make sense for me. Uh, on a team that already is lacking wing depth, you've now traded away. I, you have Bogdanovich and you have Livers and, I mean, maybe Hamadou Diallo. Those are your wings for the rest of the year. And now yeah, you're two looking and a half at wings. two and a half wings. And now you're looking at going into next year. You need to make a splash in free agency with one of Harrison Barnes or Jeremy Grant. Or you need to draft your, your guy there if you're not getting Victor Wabanyama. Or you're going to have to trade for one, which is going to take up more uh, assets that you already don't have. So... Yeah, for me, I don't like this trade. Uh, Aaron, I, you've been you've been simmering, you've been stewing over there. It's going to be a spicy stew. Yeah, let's let the the, the top off of this pressure cooker. Come on, man. Uh, because I, I know for as upset as I am at this trade, I can only imagine you're far more disappointed. I like how we've pegged Aaron as the angry guy. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's usually my that's usually my purview. But hey, I'm happy to pass it off. It's just an abysmal move. I mean, I don't see how you paint it in a way that suggests it's anything other than that. Um, talking about stats, let's take a couple looks at James Wiseman's stats. Uh, using 538's Raptor stat, which is an all-encompassing stat, if you listen to the Old Man in the Three, uh, J.J. Reddick's podcast, they, they use this stat a lot when discussing players. It's an all-encompassing stat, looks at... Uh, plus minus on off rating things of that nature ranking 404 nba players who have played a minimum of 200 over 200 minutes this season james wiseman ranks 401st in the league with a minus 8.2 overall raptor rating the only three players ranking worse than him are josh christopher dayron sharp and simon fontecchio he has a negative 5.2 plus minus, uh, worst on Golden State's roster by 
almost an entire point. There is no evidence that he has been an NBA player in his three-year career so far. There's no evidence that he can stay healthy to try to develop into a meaningful NBA player in his career so far. And his fit with the Detroit Pistons is utterly abysmal. If you want to add another center, even though this team has this, it's it's funny how the narrative flips because it's always, oh, the Pistons have so many centers. But then this trade happened today, and it was, oh, the Pistons needed a backup center because Isaiah Stewart isn't really a backup center, and Marvin Bagley really isn't a backup center, and Jalen Duran's a rookie. And by the way, they still have Nerlens Noel. They they haven't they didn't move him, so they still have him on the roster as well. But they really needed another center. It's just it's 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 a mind boggling decision because I don't have a problem with wanting to trade Sadiq Bay with saying okay we got to pay him next year. This isn't necessarily a guy that we want to invest in long term. We need to try to move him. But to get a guy that has done way less than Sadiq Bey in his career, has proven way less in his career than Sadiq Bey, who is also going to be up for a contract extension at the end of next year, puts you in the same exact position that you were in had you just kept Sadiq Bey and eventually just let him walk as a restricted free agent and go sign a, 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 a sheet elsewhere. Now you're stuck with a guy that has no track record in the league, it, it, it just makes no sense whatsoever. And I know, Mike, that you said, let's not bring Troy Weaver into this, but I can't not mention this. Troy Weaver was high on James Wiseman in the 2020 draft, in his first draft with the team. It was reported that they would have taken him uh, with the first pick in the draft. Troy Weaver likes his guys, decides he likes his guys, and I guess just doesn't look at any of the film that suggests maybe these guys actually aren't it. They actually aren't the right players. Because three years later, he's moving a a, a player that should at least have some sort of value as an asset. I mean, Sadiq Bey, since the start of the new year, has averaged 16.7 points per game, just under six rebounds, almost two assists per game shooting 41.5% from the field, just under 39% from the three-point line. Like, he's been a good player with his usage going up. The mix come in as into the starting lineup a little bit more. Uh, he's Or he's played a significant role off the bench. Like, he's been a good player since the start of 2023, which I know the issue with him has been consistency and streakiness. So I understand maybe you don't fully buy into those numbers. But there was no evidence of James Wiseman being a good player. And just because you believed in him, three years ago when, oh, by the way, that was your first draft with this organization. And it looked like, and it's looking like you just missed out on all three of your first round picks that you made in that draft. You want to call this, you know, the so-and-so fourth one. It's just going to be another miss. I, I mean, I don't know what, what, what's really going through the mind that says we think we can develop him. You, you didn't develop any of those prospects from that draft class. Why go get another one that has no record of being anything worthwhile? The fit is terrible. If they start him over Jalen Duran, Troy Weaver should be fired on the spot. He won't be. They already signed him to an extension a couple weeks ago, which is why I was saying a couple weeks ago, a month ago, hey, maybe that was just a little early. Like, let's maybe slow our roll a little bit. I don't think the track record says this guy 
is necessarily someone they should be locking in prematurely. And now we go into a, a what should have been a significant deadline for this team, one way or the other. They were a part of John Collins' trade talk. Supposedly they wanted draft capital to take back a guy who is making, you know, double of what Marvin Bagley's making, but is actually a valuable NBA player, unlike Marvin Bagley, who Troy Weaver traded for, and then outbid himself for uh, in the offseason following to sign him for a $13 million deal for three straight years. It's just... This is what this is what this team is. These are the types of moves that are going to continue to happen. These buy, quote unquote buy lows, taking chances on guys who haven't figured it out yet in the league. It really hasn't worked for the Pistons once during Troy Weaver's tenure. I think the closest chance of that potentially ever working was getting Hamadou Diallo, who is a six five wing that plays like a center, and because he cannot shoot, he's not a smart defender, just can finish at the rim because he's so fast and so explosive. All the other buy low moves have turned into absolutely nothing. Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, let's see, who else? De- there was Dennis Smith Jr., Marvin Bagley. They, uh, Jaleel Okafor. Jaleel Okafor. Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson was a buy low signing. Neither of those worked out. Trey Lyles. I, you you can keep going, Aaron. I, I don't remember if Troy Weaver traded for Svima Hiluk originally or if that was the previous. No, he was already on the team. He was already on the team. Okay. Um, yeah. This is the same guy that, you know, traded Bruce Brown for uh, uh, nothing for, for Musa from the Nets who got waived and was essentially just to get rid of Bruce Brown, who's now, oh, a contributor on the top seed in the Western Conference. Um, traded Luke Kennard and four second round picks to get the first round pick to take Sadiq Bey. Uh, traded Christian Wood and locked the Pistons first round pick up for the foreseeable future and protections so that he could draft Isaiah Stewart. Another guy who probably doesn't make it to his second contract with the Pistons. No, I mean, Aaron, you're a bad trade. You're, you're dead on. You're you're dead on, and you and you know what? And you said it too. You can try try to justify this trade by saying that Detroit needs a backup center, but like, let's let's really be real. Isaiah Stewart at the four is not working. It's not working. He had some success for a few weeks when he got hot from three. But look, he's backed it down to 30% from deep on the season. Like, teams are not respecting his shot. It's opening up some drives for him, but ultimately it takes him away from the basket offensively and defensively, which negates his two best qualities as a player, which are physical interior defense and rebounding on both ends. So that's not going the way they wanted it to. I'm pretty much out on that experiment. I just don't know what the guy is at this point. He's not a power forward. Um, he's not a starting center, but now you have a guy in James Wiseman too, who I'm seeing it. It's the same as Stewart, same as Marvin Bagley. Is this guy a center? Is he a power forward for you now? Like, what is the plan there? And you can say, Hey, he, you know, high upside former number two overall pick, still a good athlete, but like, what about Detroit's organization? What about their coaching staff is making you think that they can develop players better than the golden state warriors can. What, what exactly there is to sh- it shows you that? Exactly. Uh, Isaiah Livers? Exactly. I mean, look, who has improved? Is Sadiq, look, look is, is Sadiq Bay better than he was his rookie year? No. No. Is Isaiah, is no. Isaiah Stewart better than he was his rookie year? I don't really think so either. Maybe a little bit, but it's like a natural progression. It's not like he's taken a exactly. huge leap here. Marginally. It's brutal. And, and, and you know what? I, 
And now it's funny too, because you're seeing all these stories, not all these stories. There's one specific story that came out immediately after this trade happened, talking about how, you know, Bay hasn't actually been a really good fit with his team because of his playing style and it's causing some locker room rifts. Hey, um, where the hell were those articles before the trade deadline? Where have these articles been the last two years? Mm -hmm. I, I have a nit to pick with the media there because it's like they love Sadiq Bay. Sadiq Bay is great. He's a part of this core. And then the second he's gone, there's all these little things that come out about him. Yeah, funny. Where the hell funny. have you been as a beat writer? <laughs> it, aren't you a reporter? You're sitting on this stuff until you can, until what? Until he's no longer on the team? Until it doesn't hurt your access? pathetic i think that's pathetic and and you know what that's the type of stuff that flies in detroit unfortunately it doesn't fly in some other cities but it does fly in detroit and i, I just i saw that and i was like because there's no way you have that article up unless you've already had these ideas written out beforehand you don't have it up in half an hour you know what i mean you've had this information you've had these talks and you've been sitting on it. So I think that's pathetic. And I just wanted to get that out there. We can keep moving. But that that really pissed me off. And now this idea that that James Wiseman is going to come in and start for this team, just to go back, like like you said, Jasper, like if the Golden State Warriors couldn't develop him, what tells you that the Detroit Pistons and this coaching staff that has a horrid track record of development so far in their three years together, what tells you that they're going to be able to develop this guy? If it couldn't work in Golden State, if he couldn't figure it out in Golden State, playing with the best players in the league, the best organization in the league, the best coaching staff in the league, how is it supposed to change here? I, I just don't understand the thought process behind that. And again, I mean, Aaron, Aaron the reason, fine, but you have to trade him for something that actually matters. If you were just going to trade him for essentially nothing, then just let him walk because you need guys that can play minutes at the at the small forward spot right now. Their wings right now are Boyan Bogdanovich, Isaiah Livers, who, you know, I, I hope he I hope he stays healthy. I think he can be a contributing NBA player, but he really hasn't stayed healthy throughout his career. And then Hamadou Diallo, who is the funkiest quote unquote small forward that I can think of right now, just with the way that he plays. No, he's a shooting guard that's best played at power forward. That's Hamadou Diallo. So, I, I mean, and look, you even talk about, like, the Wiseman pick to the Warriors, how he didn't work out there. The reason they picked him was because he was, on paper, the perfect player for them. That was always the thing with, with the Warriors teams. You were like, well, yeah, they're amazing. But, man, if they just had that guy who could rebound a little bit better and rim protect a little bit and catch lobs – Wow, how much better would they be? Like, we're talking about a guy who's supposed to be tailor-made for that roster, and he couldn't work out there. They couldn't develop him there. He couldn't stay healthy there. What about this organization makes you think anything is going to be different? It's, and, and especially when you have players in Stewart and Duran and even Bagley, because you paid him, who should be ahead of Wiseman in the pecking order right now. It oh man, it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It, it's, hi, I'm Mike. I'm also on the podcast. <laughs> um, Sorry, Mike. No, 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 no. This is all, this is all good stuff. Um, I, you know, I've been thinking about this trade for a while, trying to figure out 
what exactly the calculus was. And I mean, it's it seems like they value Wiseman as having higher upside than Sadiq Bey. They obviously knew they weren't going to pay him, uh, Sadiq, that is, when he was eligible. Um, I agree. I'm, I'm reading the article right now about how his style of play was starting to wear on some in Detroit's organization. His rookie year was his best year when he was a um, primarily just catch and shoot type of player. We have seen him um, try to become more to little effect and lower efficiency, but he was trying to do more. And uh, it's just a really bizarre, like, like if you know, you're not going to pay Sadiq, and clearly this information reached the league circles because his value was apparently the same as Gary Payton, the second who went for the five first round picks that golden state acquired. Um, second, second round picks. What did I say? You said first. Oh, I wish second round pick five. I, I, I wish <laughs> that, I wish that, that changes the whole trade. Yeah. That um, would. Yeah. Five second round picks. Uh, so that was his value was five seconds, which was a theme apparently because Milwaukee did the same thing for Jay Crowder, which makes you think Jay Crowder has the same value as Sadiq Bay. Yeah. Um, but I don't think any of this really adds up. But to add another center, by the way, I don't think that you can play Wiseman and Jalen Duran together. I, I I don't see how that's even going to happen in any way. Um, you already talked about James Wiseman's on-off numbers his splits are atrocious he actually has a worse efficiency differential this year than last year um it's minus 22.8 points scored per 100 possessions he has an expected win of minus 41 um i just don't understand i mean the only thing on here on cleaning the glass that is a positive is that he's getting to the line more um so, but he's not a particularly a good free throw shooter. I think he's like seventy percent. He's like not a good free throw shooter. So, <laughs> yeah, he's he's only a uh, like a like a sixty five seventy percent ish free throw shooter. So it's like, what the what the hell's happening here? Yeah, I I can't really make heads or tails over why why they made this trade. Well, if I just I just don't know. I know for a fact the Cavaliers would have given up more for Sadiq Bey. I mean, his league-wide value could not have possibly been this low. I find it impossible. He's a wing. He's 23 years old. He has a history of being able to shoot the basketball. I find it impossible that his value was James Wiseman, who has played, according to this, according to Cleaning the Glass, he's played under 1,000 minutes in his career at the NBA level and has done very poorly in those sub-1,000 minutes. The Pistons went from wanting a first-round pick for Sadiq Bay one week ago to trading him for a guy that's ranked 401st in the league. 450 players in the league, you know, whatever, on, reg- on regular roster spots. 401st in an all-encompassing stat called Raptor that's used around the league in analytic analytic departments across the league, across the NBA, ranked 401st. No numbers support him being a valuable NBA player in any yeah. sort of role. And they went from wanting a first-round pick 
for Sadiq Bey to trading him for statistically one of the worst players in the entire league. Uh, and Aaron, and that's even more part of it. It's like you can't even – there's nothing you can point to to him being a good player. There's nothing. He is an he is a decent rim finisher. That is basically all you can say about him. He does not do anything else well on the floor. He's not a good rebounder. He's a horrible defender. What what point is there to this? And like you said, Mike, you know you don't think you can play him with Jalen Duran. Well, then who do you play him with? Isaiah Stewart. Well, I I mean Marvin Bagley. What what is the goal here? And also, if the point of trading Sadiq Bay was that you didn't want to, have to pay him, well, now you have two options with James James Wiseman. Either you don't pay him and let him walk, in which case you might as well have just let Sadiq Bay walk, or better yet, have traded him for five second round picks, or you now have to re-sign James Wiseman, of which I have zero absolutely zero confidence in the Pistons organization doing at a good price because they've just shown it last year with Marvin Bagley that they have no idea how much centers should be paid. And it's not just with them, with Marvin Bagley. It's it's a long running thing. And I'm at this point, I don't trust Troy Weaver whatsoever when it comes to signing big men. Sign Jalil, Jaleel Okafor, who sucked and everyone knew it. Signed Mason Plumley, who is decent, but that deal ended up being a negative asset for Detroit because they had to attract, attach a pick to him in order to offload him. Took Luka Garza, who sucked and everyone knew it. Signed Trey Lyles, who sucked and everyone knew it, and then got traded for Marvin Bagley, who sucked and everyone knew it. Then they re-signed him to one of the worst contracts in the league that no one else was competing for. The Kelly Olynyk sign, you can defend in hindsight because it ended up being, you know, the, the crucial part of the Boyan Bogdanovich trade, but the signing to begin with was an overpay as well. I, I mean, really, other than the Isaiah Stewart selection and the Jalen Duran selection, has he done anything, anything with the big men that he's been taxed to get? We're looking at a lot of them right now. There's been, what, eight, nine? Only two of them are even good. The The rest are just horrible. And he overpaid all of them. So I don't trust him. And the fact that he says he loved Wiseman coming out of college makes me trust him even less. So, yeah, right now, I my confidence level in Troy Weaver, I really didn't think that, you know, trading Sadiq Bey for a reclamation project was going to have to make me really reconsider how I think about Troy Weaver's entire tenure here, but I kind of have to at this point because the roster right now doesn't make any more sense than it did three years ago. Two things you don't have wings. Two, two things I want to add to that. You just went over all of his big man evaluation when the Pistons could have just re-signed, extended Christian Wood, signed him to a contract in free agency rather than trading him and locking up our first round pick in protection hell for the next four, for the for your next two, is it still two more years or whatever so that they could draft yeah. Isaiah Stewart. They could have just re-signed Christian Wood, who's better than all of the big men that you just listed. And also except for Duran. Well, except for Duran in the long term, you would imagine. And then also 
the Pistons were reportedly interested in John Collins or had talks with the, the Atlanta Hawks about John Collins, but were unwilling to take him and his contract back unless they were given significant draft capital with it. That was in the that was in a report. So you're telling me that because John Collins makes twenty five million dollars, you need significant draft capital to 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 take him take him on. But you would pay Kelly Olynyk thirteen million dollars a year. You would pay Marvin Bagley thirteen million dollars a year. You would take on all these way worse players and overpay them. But John Collins, who at least seemingly has a little bit more respect around the league, more potential has had actual good campaigns, good stats in the league. You wouldn't take him. And he's also not, you know, he's he's still a younger player in the league. You can see him playing with this team long-term, but you couldn't take him on. And he's actually a four. So it's not like you're pigeonholing him into playing the four, like you're going to do with James Wiseman or Jake Curran, like you've done with Isaiah Stewart, and none of those are going to work or have worked. It's just the decision-making. It it sounds so naive because we're sitting here and talking about this like we just were smarter than this guy, and this guy doesn't know ball, and we really know ball, and this is how we do it. But sometimes it just comes down to like you don't even understand the thought process behind it. Like – the move might not work, but in hindsight, you can look at the intention. You can look at the idea behind it and say, okay, it didn't work, but this is why it happened. This is why he did it. You can't look at this. You can't look at all of these moves in the past and say, this is why he did it. This is what the intention was. Even if it didn't work out with Isaiah Stewart, even if it didn't work out with Mason Plumley, this is why he did it. Because there's no reason why Mason Plumley should have had to have the 37th pick in the draft attached to him just to trade back 20 spots to get off Plumlee's what $8 million. Like it was a, a 19 million, $20 million contract. And he did that. So he could give 13 million to Kelly Olenek. Exactly. Exactly. It's just, it's a pattern. It's a bad pattern. You know, it's like at some point you've got to recognize the patterns and maybe this is a problem. Okay. it's just sometimes it's naive other times it's like you know what plain as day let's point it out we need to have an intervention for troy troy we're here because we love you but you have a problem you you have a center problem and you need help um yeah no look and i also want to say this and 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 mike i want to get back to you as well but i i think it's a good thing you said there it's like we're not necessarily coming on here and saying Oh, hey, this is a total, everything's a disaster. Troy Weaver's an idiot. We're so much smarter than him. Look, the fact of the matter is, they still have Jalen Duran. They still have Jaden Ivey. They still have Cade Cunningham. They have another top five pick coming their way. They have cap space this upcoming offseason where they can go after really, really capable wings in Harrison Barnes and Jeremy Grant. But if you don't get those guys, <laughs> and you don't get the guy you want in the draft, well, now you're in real, real trouble. And I think that's more of what we're trying to get across here, is that the moves in a vacuum don't add up. They don't make sense, and they don't seem to have a real long-term goal in mind. 
I don't know where he's going with this. I don't see how the roster can be filled out to a place where you can actually compete for playoff spots unless, of course, you're throwing basically a max, con- like $30 million plus dollars a year at Jeremy or Harrison Barnes this offseason. I don't know how else you're going to do it. It's either that or you're going to have to be trading a lot of draft capital for a non-all-star. You know, like Mikhail Bridges, not an all-star. OG Ananobi, not an all-star. Both of those guys required huge, huge returns. OG didn't get moved because it was three first-round picks. Mikhail Bridges, what it took for him was Kevin frickin' Durant. So, like, we're not even talking all-star level, guys. A step below that requires an insane amount of capital in order to acquire. So the way I'm looking at it right now is basically if he strikes out on those two guys in free agency, I have no clue what they are going to do next year. They're going to be terrible. They're still going to be horrible. And And, it doesn't matter if you have Cade Cunningham. No. Well, it wasn't really mattering this year anyway. Um, That's the thing that irks me. And the, what I don't understand is that you have a lot of talk about, and really by a lot of, I mean, Zach Lowe said on his podcast that the Pistons are planning on being competitive and next year is play in or bust type of mentality, which is fine. It should be. We've talked about this on the podcast. Next year should be the year that if they're picking top eight or top six again, it's a massive failure of a year huge failure um and to the point where we're hiring a new or the pistons are looking at hiring a new head coach and a new general manager if they're picking the top eight maybe even the top 10 uh depending on how ugly things get and the east is probably not going to be that good next year based on all the moves that have just happened um if they're this bad again you're going to be looking at a new front office and you're going to be looking at a new coaching staff but what i don't understand is and maybe Zach Lowe is incorrect, and there's this talk of, well, maybe next year's not the year. Maybe it's the year after that. Well, eventually it's going to be the year. Let's assume that it's next year that the Pistons would like to be not horrific to the point where we're bleeding out of our eyes. This is not, <laughs> this is not a move of we want to win next year. This is a move of we think this player can be better uh, in an undetermined amount of time. He's had several seasons already with Golden State, like you guys have said, the gold standard for NBA organizations for a long time, a dynasty with a very cohesive coaching staff and front office that really doesn't move a whole lot. I can think of Mike Brown um, and Luke Walton moving on, but for the most part, those guys stick together. Bob Myers has been there for a long time. It's a stable organization, and they could not figure out James Wiseman. So that's fine. He's a project player, but project player doesn't add up to why are you trading a player who could help you next year in Sadiq? Maybe it's limited. He's not going to give you the same production as Boyan Bogdanovich, but he's more of a win-now player than James Wiseman is. Where is the, like, you couldn't get a win-now player or a pick or something, something tangible that you can use this year or next year for Sadiq Bey? There was nothing that exists. I find it hard to believe. I mean, shoot, the Cavs, I know for a fact, would have given up Harris Levert in a second-round pick for Sadiq Bay. Guaranteed. I'm, I'm sure that they would have loved that two and a half months ago. Um, 
it's not a win now move if they're trying to win next year. So they don't trade Boyan Bogdanovich, which is smart, good. They don't trade Alec Burks, smart, good. Those are players who are going to help you next year. Great. Those are win next year moves. That's what we wanted to see. But then they trade Sadiq Bay for a not win now player that throws everything off. I mean, what are you hoping to get out of James Wiseman? Are you hoping to get the center of the future? I I thought you already had that in Jalen Duran. So I mean, it, it certainly looks like it. He's younger. He's better. He's shown a lot more in the NBA than James Wiseman already has, significantly more. He looks like the center of the future. What what is what is the point? It's not a it's not a win win now or in the short term kind of move. We don't think that James Wiseman's going to come in next year and be a world beater all of a sudden as a stretch four. I just don't understand the line of thinking of, I mean, maybe Zach Lowe is full of it and the, the Pistons aren't going to be a, a competitive team. And that's not the goal next year, but I think it should probably be the goal. And we've probably heard enough stuff floating around the league that that's kind of how it is. I mean, Tom Gores is not a guy who's going to sit and watch this team be horrible forever eventually he's going to want to do something he he did with Blake Griffin forcing the hand um, and moving all of those picks and all of those players just to squeak into the playoffs so eventually you know there's there's going to be a, a, a comeuppance of we need to make the playoffs or at least be damn near close to making the playoffs and you moved farther away from that with next this trade year, next year is the year low and it's not just zach Lowe saying it the 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 local media the beat guys have said that the next year 2023 2024 is the year the pistons have been planning for is the year that they they're saying we have to get to the playoffs that's the year they're going to start building the team that's the year they're going to get there that's when they're going to be competitive so let's not you know, let's not let that narrative all of a sudden get flipped and say it was never really a year because we've been now being told that for multiple years, dating back to last offseason, that maybe not a ton of moves this upcom- this offseason because it's going to be the year after. That's when they're building the team to go to the playoffs that following season. So that's been said, and I don't want that script to be flipped and the story to be spun. Once next year, the Pistons are again at the bottom of the Eastern Conference because this team has maybe five NBA players on it right now that are worthwhile in terms of you know you can be you can trust on them to be a part of your team next year. Kate Cunningham, right. Jaden Ivey, Jalen Duran, and then it's Boyan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks who just spent literally their entire first half of a season with Detroit in trade rumors from the minute they got to the team, the minute they were announced as part of a deal to come to the Detroit Pistons, they were in trade rumors to be moved to another team literally ever since. So you have to imagine that's going to continue into the offseason. So you have those five guys. And then after that, it's Killian Hayes and Isaiah Stewart. Neither guy who's really shown that they're going to be NBA players that are going to contribute to winning long-term. You have Corey Joseph, Rodney Magruder, Hamadou Diallo, Nerlens Noel, all guys that probably really shouldn't be on this team. And then you have, you know, those other miscellaneous guys, Marvin Bagley, who extended Isaiah livers, who still kind of got to prove that he belongs on a team. And was, by the way, 
has a huge fan in Troy Weaver. Huge fan. We've been hearing about it. Yeah. We've been hearing about it. He, he can't can't stay on the court, hasn't made a huge impact when he's on the court. And no disrespect. I like Isaiah Livers. I think he can be good, but he just hasn't stayed on the court. And when he's been in, still hasn't made a significant impact to the point where anyone should really be huge, huge fans of that guy. But whatever. So you look I mean, at the, the numbers. Today, it... If this team's going to make the playoffs next year, how the hell are they getting there? Because this roster is so far no. from being a playoff team that I, I just can't imagine having that mindset and having that supposed plan, supposed plan years ago that this upcoming season was going to be the year that they made the playoffs. It was going to be the year the team was ready to make the playoffs. But, you know, six months away, seven months away from the start of next season, your roster is so far away. Go look at the Eastern Conference, even with all the moves that have been made. Find me 17, you know, go find me five, six teams that the Pistons are going to be better than next year. Go find me them. And, and, and let's not forget that Orlando, who's got a much better foundation, a much better roster than Detroit, is going to be in the same spot this offseason with another pick, cap space, and internal development to move forward with. So Yeah, and they'll actually, they'll actually have wings on the roster. Tell me how that plan's going to work, because it's not. Huh? And we're going to be in the same position next year having this same discussion. Right. Well, we're getting a lot of practice at it. No, I mean, it's it's <laughs> just like, I mean, really, like you, I, I mean, Aaron, Mike, do you guys have any other, like, option other than paying $30 million plus dollars for one of, like, Harrison Barnes, Jeremy Grant, or, God forbid, Kyle Kuzma? Like, how do you fix the wing situation on this roster? I have no answers. I, I have nothing. We're going to set a trend, wingless basketball, all guards and bigs. I mean, if Troy Weaver really wanted to go big, why didn't he just draft Evan Mobley instead of Kate Cunningham a couple of years ago? Fair point, right? I mean, if he really wanted I, to go that I, big, I do not know. You know, I'm just saying. Supposedly, he was a fan I, of him I, too. So, if he really wanted to go this big and build a roster with two bigs, should have just went with Evan Mobley in the long run, I guess. Well, and then also it doesn't. And then also let's let's also what if the Pistons do get the number one pick? Who are they taking with their number one overall pick? Victor Wabanyama. We, we all know who they're going to be taking. Who's a big man. So, like, now you're also putting yourself in a position where if you do take him, like, what what are you doing there? Like, what what's the solution? You are going to have five five big men on your roster? Where, yes, but Where is the what, roster if, construction? If, like, if, where... If they, huh. if they get Wemby, everyone's going to forget about this trade. A lot of people, a lot of average people, average NBA fans are going to forget this trade. I mean, yes, just the scroll through Twitter for like 10 minutes oh, and the response to people, uh, you know, saying, well, of course, why won't they start James Wiseman? Why, why wouldn't they? It's going to get them closer to Victor Webanyama. We were all, the Pistons were already headed down that pathway. Also, what if they don't get Wemby? What if they end up with the fourth overall pick? You mean a 14% chance isn't a good enough reason to base all of your decision-making uh, off of? You're telling me that? What if, I mean, they're just going to have the fourth overall pick and a bunch of cap space. You know, it's really funny because for now two years now, we've basically been like, oh, you know, could Kate play the three? Maybe he could play. He's going to have to play the three next year. Yeah, uh, there might not be any other option. 
I mean, what 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 do they have? Genuinely, guys, if they're not getting a wing in free agency, where are they finding a wing? Where are they finding a wing? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And and I'm like, not too crazy about overpaying for Jeremy Grant or Harrison Barnes either. No. I mean, I think, I th- look, the fact of the matter is, it's like, look, if you don't sign one of those guys, well, then you're looking at a failure of an offseason and a really bad record again next year. If you do sign one of those guys, well, then the only way you can compete for a playoff spot is by wildly overpaying Jeremy Grant or Kyle Kuzma or Harrison Barnes. And that in and of itself should be an indictment of the front office, right? Like if that's the move you have to make to even put yourself into position to make the playoffs, we're not talking about taking a good team and putting it over the top. That's when you can justify giving up three first rounders for Drew Holiday. That's what you can do. This you cannot justify. So for me, yeah, I I think it's an indictment regardless of whether they get one of those guys in the offseason because the fact of the matter is, You've had three years, and your wing situation is basically just as bad as it was when you first came in. So, yeah, I mean, boy, I, I'm running out of things to say here because it's just yeah. like I'm just shaking my head. It's just yeah. basically an elongated shaking head, shaking my. We head. have we have about 36 games to see what James Wiseman has this season before um, the Pistons' season officially ends, and we'll get into draft talk uh even though i mean to many people it seems like it's going to be top two picker bust you know even if you get scoot i mean you're going to have another problem with all of the guards that you have i mean unless you do play k to the three which maybe we're hurdling toward that like a meteor uh is heading towards earth uh but yeah a really puzzling move really don't get it a Really strange deadline. A lot of players going back to their previous teams. Um, some teams not making any moves. Toronto's for some reason going to buy in and try to make the playoffs this year. The Thunder were continuing to sell off players to get picks. Just a really bizarre deadline. I think this trade probably is the most bizarre out of all of them, though. I think every other trade had some semblance of, oh, this makes sense. Even you know, Bones Highland going to the Clippers, which I think is super weird. And Reggie Jackson being traded for Plum Dog Millionaire, which is just pissing on pissing crime. Um, super, super bizarre. But this one, I think, takes the cake. Any last minute thoughts? We're going to talk about this next week, I'm sure. And we're going to analyze every James Wiseman game from here on out. But any any last thoughts here before we wrap up this edition of the podcast? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to try to end on a positive note and say good decision not to trade Boyan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks. That was pleasant surprise because the last day or so, it felt like the dam was going to break and Bogdanovich was going to get moved to Los Angeles. So props, props to the Pistons for not trading one of their very, very few actually good players. Yeah, I was say good good luck making the playoffs next year if you trade away two of your five best players on your roster right now. Like you trade away sixty six percent of your wings. Oh, <laughs> zero wing lineup. Uh yeah, I mean, look, this is a really disappointing trade. Uh, you know, on a just asset for asset basis, it doesn't seem like a lot, but 
in a big term picture, I think that this says a lot of really worrisome things about the GM, about the organization, about the roster and where they're heading, what they're going to need in order to get to where they say they're trying to go. I think it's a very, very worrisome trade deadline uh, for Detroit. You know, it's not, and I want to clarify that again, it's not a doomsday scenario. They're not doomed now. Like, Sadiq Bey was not the make-or-break factor in the Pistons' long-term success. But what it does tell you is that, you know, where the organization is is not on the same page as a lot of other people who follow the league. And I don't know. I, I hope I'm wrong. That's all I have to say. So, yeah. I hope that you're wrong, too. And there's a Thanks. chance that we're all wrong. But, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, I'll just... No, I mean, it's just like, it's frustrating too because you have so many, all these people, oh, y'all can't stomach a rebuild. You know what I mean? Like, I, I can stomach a rebuild, but I need to know what you're building. All I can see right now is a construction site. There's a bunch of guys sawing beams. Uh, They're putting up, you know, uh, uh, they're putting up a basketball court one week and then they're digging it out to put in a pool the next week. I'm just wondering what the hell I'm looking at here. You know, that's really my question. I'm fine with the rebuild, but I have to know what the hell you're doing. And this move makes me go, I don't know what the hell you're doing, Troy Weaver. So, Well, that's an interesting way to end the podcast. I hope that uh, we'll get an answer a little bit throughout the season, at least, of seeing what James Wiseman looks like. Um, I didn't even know if he was healthy enough to play. So <laughs> um, hey, it, it appears he is. Can I say one more thing? Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. A message to all our listeners. Let us know. I want to know how everyone else feels because I think it's pretty split. Yes. I, I want you to tell us. If you're if you're listening on YouTube, comment on the video. Tell us how you feel about the trade. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else, tweet us. Tweet us at Palace of Pistons, at A Johnson NBA, at Blade Cunningham. Uh, Mike, yours is at Anguilano M? M22. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so at Anguilano M22, like, tell us how you feel. I want to know because maybe we're maybe we're on the opposite side, and everyone else, maybe, yeah, right, high low trade. But I'm not yeah. seeing it. But I definitely want to know what you guys think. So definitely tell us. I know some of you have already told us as we've been talking throughout the show in the YouTube comments. So excited to see what all of our listeners have to think about this. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm anticipating a, a, a pretty good split. I think a lot of people are going to agree with us on the trade, but disagree with us on Troy. So yeah, again, and and we always welcome like respectful comments. We'll try and treat all you guys with respect as well. Like we, we, we love the Pistons and we love talking about it. And even if we seem like we're getting up in arms sometimes, it's just because we're passionate, you know, right. it's, it is sports at the end of the day. So but if you do post a comment about Steve Blake, Aaron will block you. So just know that right now. <laughs> right out of the <laughs> GG to Tome only. That's all I want to see. That's perfectly fine. That's Good. perfectly fine. So I'll allow it. Okay. That's going to do it for this edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Network. Thank you so much for joining us. And yes, we love the interaction. So please feel free to find us on Twitter, comment on YouTube. And, uh, you know, we all always love that feedback. We always love when uh, fans or listeners interact, even if it is to call us completely off base, which I'm sure that we'll get a little bit. So for my co-host, Aaron Johnson, Jasper Apollonia, I am Mike Angolano. Thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, and we will see you all next time.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.